and welcome. You're listening to Housing for All, the podcast that believes we all deserve a great home that allows us to flourish. I'm Chris. And I'm Mary. And I'm Andrew. Uh, so we've uh, we've talked about a lot. What are we talking? What are we going to be uh, talking about today? Well, in episode three and four, we talked about so many programs, and it's just so easy to lose the forest for the trees. So now we're going to try to see the big picture. And if all housing is subsidized by the public, then all housing should be required to serve the public. I think we can all agree with that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's check it out. We now are left with the unenviable task of concluding these two episodes. Um, So, again, the theme was we all live in public housing. Um, So have we made a compelling case that we, you know, we all live in public housing? I think we have, but also, I mean, it's, it's, it's going back to an, uh, an earlier point, the fact that like, I, I think you can, no, housing could not exist in the current world we live in without public support. We, we've, we've established that, I think, fairly clearly uh, throughout, but the, the, the diabolical thing is we, we, we've, we've, we need it, but we, we, We've established that um, that there's compelling reason to keep that hidden, I guess, and that's what that's what sort of lingers with me is that like this is so this is something that is is clearly like something that can be demonstrated and something that can be proven, but yet like yet there's so many layers and there have been so many sort of like um, just so much smoke and mirrors going on to prevent awareness of this that it just it raises a number of like broad questions and concerns about about the whole the whole damn system i guess (laughs) you know yeah yeah absolutely i mean um if i mean if people i mean if more people knew uh about um the subsidies that um you know that developers or landlords are getting and what they're charging in rents and um yeah i think they have an incentive for people not to find that out Oh yeah. Well, and I I don't think it's like I mean we we could we could just chop off all their heads I suppose but <laughs> um, but right like it's it's one of those things where it's I think I think it's also a question of uh, destigmatizing the idea of public housing mm-hmm. and and making it clear because I feel like there's just so much movement um, politically at this time, basically to be like pe- pe- the people who deserve things and don't deserve things and what you need to do to deserve stuff. And we know that all of it is kind of nonsense, right? Like who deserves healthcare? I don't know everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like probably for the good of everybody, everybody. Is there any legitimate like humanist case that can be made to say no to that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's almost it's almost like we we've made it a, a part of our American identity that that is a question that we yeah. ask. So I feel like this is a, kind of falls into that category as well where you'd have people who are like I don't I don't want any of my tax money to go and pay for somebody else to to live free, to live for <laughs> free when I have to pay rent and you're like, "Well, actually it already does." Yeah. <laughs> All of it already does. So do you want that system to be um, do you want that system to be efficient and equitable and fair and make sure that everybody gets gets pretty good housing, really good housing? 
Yeah? Or do you want to pretend like we're a big pile of rats and you're trying to scrabble to the very, very top? Like, what do you want? That's what we do with healthcare, too. Yeah, we've ingrained this sort of, I don't know, I saw some commentary recently about the idea that, like, there's so many people who who claim that they would do anything for America. I've asked they would go they would go fight in the streets. They they'd arm themselves. They'd hide in a, they'd live in a bunker. They'd they'd go they'd go you know camp out in the woods and fight against our enemies. But they you know recently they've been asked to to wear cloth masks and be courteous to other people, and that has been received with just like as as though they've been asked to to give a leg for some cause they didn't believe in and the point to was to give made, two legs to a three-legged man indeed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the point that was made was like you know yeah cuz the, the fantasy they had in their mind was not to be kind it was not a fantasy of kindness it was a fantasy of 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 violence and of uh of conquest in essence and that sort of that sort of that expresses so much the underlying mentality that we're talking about here like no one you know people are contributing to other people's housing because of the public nature of this. But, you know, they, 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 they would, if they knew that, they would hate the idea because everyone should fight for themselves and fend for themselves. And like I said, it's rats fighting over a piece of cheese. Like, why would you want to live that way? Yeah. It's, it boggles well, the mind. socialism finds a way. I mean, yeah, <laughs> indeed. But it's never... If God, we, I hope. If Sooner we don't... Than... Well, I mean, yeah. but this is like, this is a socialist... This is a socialist idea yeah. that, like, the government actually should secretly make sure that everybody can pretty much. Of get course, out. I mean, um, and and it's in the socialists, European socialists, who drove a lot of the successful programs that you know we talked about earlier on, or like you know, socialist. I mean, obviously, like you know, whatever. Let's. And it's it's interesting that that is such a relatively new concept, too. <laughs> well, and they have good incentive for it too, because we already know we've seen what happens um, when. <clears throat> We don't. We don't have any subsidies. Yeah. Nobody owns houses. Yeah. Right. We already know. We already know what that looks like. So, they have good incentive to um to to keep these programs going, to some degree, but uh, I don't think that they have incentive to truly reveal exactly what what like what goes in the sausage. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Because it would be politicized immediately. <laughs> Even though it's just a fact. Like, it's right. not... It's it's not political. Yeah, right. I like what you said about destigmatizing this idea of public housing. Like, we stigmatize, you know, low-income folks for you know, for participating in whatever, you know, moving into a LIHTC unit or, or getting Section 8. But, I mean everyone's housing is subsidized and we're, you know, we're just, you know, we're stigmatizing, uh, you know, low income households for doing something that we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it also, it also makes it feel even more ridiculous if you think that like, it, it's really a question of like, who is, who is paying, who's paying back this imaginary loan, which you kind of never need to pay back. <laughs> yeah. Is it you? Is it hmm. your bank? Or is it, uh, or is it your landlord? Right? Like, if you really kind of boil it down that way, you're like, well, I mean, maybe we should all be homeowners to a certain extent. Like, maybe when you hit some sort of magic number, like, you own that house and it's yours. Yeah. To do with what you need to, as long as it stays, it doesn't go into a private sector. You know, maybe there needs to be, I think that that ushers in a lot of the um, assurances that we see in other systems that seem to make that system so stable and one where... 
um, people feel a sense of pride and mm-hmm. yeah. um, and value in what they're in what they're doing, right? But I mean, if the government owns all the houses, what are what are we doing here? Yeah. Like it's just you're just like slicing up. You're just putting in different trapper keepers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's interesting. It's like I kind of uh, there's like no best way to run a housing system. Um, yeah. And you know, as long as uh, people can, you know, they're not paying too much. They're they have uh, you know secure some you know some sort of secure form of tenure. Um, it doesn't. It really just doesn't even matter what that is as long as it kind of just meets those conditions yeah i was just kind of thinking about sort of our american like owning owning land is such an idea and such a a piece of it and maybe maybe it all kind of evaporates once um uh inherited wealth becomes (laughs) less of a big deal which hopefully hopefully something we can achieve in my lifetime um but i could see i could see it being a thing where if it's like no, no no like it's public housing. All housing is public housing. It's not just apartments. It's not just rent. You who live in homes, you also, you also are like the government is, is, is reaping back money that they gave you for that house. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's, that is, <laughs> that, that and it will stay. And, and if you sell it, guess what? It's going to stay in the public sector because somebody else is going to be subsidized by the government to buy that house. And that the government is, you know, obviously like problem has some problems. <laughs> And has for a few years now and has for a long time, but is it ultimately a representative body intended to like act on our behalf that we empower? You know what I mean? Like that's something that gets, that gets lost. And I, and I understand why it gets lost too. It's not like, it's not an illusion that like there's reasons to distrust the U S government. I mean, they've been spying on us for the last 20 years, you know what I mean? Like um, not to mention so many other things, but you know, I think we have this mentality that, you know, the government's, is not something that is intended to work for us. And we have to change that. We have to understand that, like, that is the point of a of representative democracy is that we have this entity, which is, which acts, which has the authority to act on our behalf and should act on our, towards our greater interest. Well, you know? I mean, but then you have people who are like, but the government is actually just a business. So the business has to run effectively. But then you want to be like, well, I mean, but, but what is, what is their commodity? Yeah. What, what is their are what, our rights? Like, what is yeah. Like? What is their um? What is their profit margin? Like truly, in yeah. all of this, like the government's sole purpose cannot be to make money. That's absurd. No, yeah, I mean that that's that's madness. It it, it yeah. it's. But and, a lot of people think that way. Yeah, and, a lot and, of people are like very concerned that we pay off the national debt. <laughs> that that's like something that like. We cannot add to the national debt. You're like, do, do you do you realize how the national debt works? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not going to happen, dude. Anyway, that was yeah. a diatribe. Chris, bring us home. Serious, <laughs> 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 correct. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Let's do it. Um, so, okay. So, um, yeah. So, just to you know, tie these two episodes together. Um, we talked last episode about the just enormous subsidy. For owner-occupied housing, um, today uh, we talked about um, the enormous subsidy for multifamily rental housing, um, and then the one-to-four unit rental housing. Um, those have mostly uh, all been subsidized by home ownership subsidies, mm. um, and so it's just you know basically all housing has been 
uh, at some point generously subsidized by the government. Um, and, you know, most of it still is is being subsidized. Um, then we talked last episode about what, you know, to try to imagine a world where there, there was no government subsidy for homeownership. And, um, you know, we can repeat that for rental housing. Um, you know, what if the government didn't subsidize rental housing? What would what would our world look like? I mean, it's, it seems bleak. Yeah. <laughs> like, impossible. It would be impossible. Well, then there's nowhere yeah. for anybody to live. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Like, I mean, the idea of rental housing, I think, in sort of a larger stance, stance is that you have these, like, grand land barons <laughs> who who own something outright and then can can lease it out to people. But once once you kind of, like, lift the veil of this, you realize that they also depend so strongly on these the government ungovernment subsidies right. that they also would not exist yeah. <laughs> if not if not for them right right um but i mean in a world without subsidy for rental housing there just wouldn't be enough housing um, yeah. and landlords yeah. would you know they there would be skyrocketing rents and just very low quality housing right landlords would know that they can get away with charging high rents and not doing any maintenance because what else are you going to do um, so, um, and then of course there, there, you know, there wouldn't be loans for rehabilitation. And so that would make the housing system even more dangerous, even lower quality. Um, it would, it's, it's a good thing. There's so much public housing. Yeah. So whether you rent or own, whether you live in a single family home, a duplex, a triplex, a small apartment, a large apartment, whatever, um, your building almost certainly owes its existence to subsidy by the federal or state or local government. Um, and as you know, as we were talking about before, these subsidies are largely concealed from view. Um, another aspect that we didn't touch on um, just now, if you think back to episode three, the public institutions that support housing were created during the Great Depression. Um, and yeah. so these entities owned a lot of mortgages and, you know, they knew that a lot of those homeowners were going to fail. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you recall this conversation, FDR wanted to conceal the federal government's role from the public to prevent an uproar over, you know, a wave of foreclosures that was sure to come. Right. It's better that an East Coast trust fund is on, you know, is on all the foreclosure paperwork than the federal government. And that worked great in the Great Depression. Um but the consequence now is that everyone lives in public housing without having any idea that they live in public housing. It doesn't serve us anymore. Yeah. Right. They should have put a uh, a a, a uh, limited term on that <laughs> on that name <laughs> as they do as they do with rent control. So a key part of our housing subsidies is that there are no strings attached. Right. The public just gives away subsidy, but nothing is expected in return. Right. Think back to last episode. Um, what is expected from homeowners in return for all the subsidy they get from, you know, the Federal Housing Administration or from from Freddie Mac or or whatever? Um, there's nothing. Um, homeowners yeah. get all this subsidy. There's no income requirements. You know, you can be a millionaire and still benefit from these programs. Um Nothing is expected in return um, if you benefit from these homeownership subsidies. Um, nothing is expected from developers um, if F Freddie, uh, 
blah. Nothing is expected from developers if Fannie Mae buys their loan or if um, uh, if they have a federal guarantee on their loan. So, I mean, it's just an outrageous situation. It's just enormously costly to subsidize the for-profit real estate sector. And yet real estate is one of the most profitable sectors of the entire economy. Hmm. It literally could not function without government subsidy. And so, you know, what I'm saying here is that the government makes real estate an offer that it can't refuse. And yet it asks for nothing in return. And it just kind of, you know, the government just kind of looks the other way as real estate companies rake in, you know, just extraordinary profits. Mm. Well, and you also wonder if somebody's on the take for that. But yes, I see. I, I see your point. It's um, the the similarities I see here with healthcare are staggering, where you want to be like, actually, pretty much all of our healthcare has some government money mixed into it, and we basically pay for everyone to get some level of healthcare in America. Right. Just some of it's really bad, and or underused, or any number of things, or so opaque that it's, you know, when you do use it, it's cripplingly expensive for you. Surprise! <laughs> so, you know, if if the government could get in and put some strings into it and be like, look, everything we're gonna we're gonna regulate prices we're gonna make sure that there aren't these huge skyrocketing rents so people can continue to live we're gonna make sure that all ekgs cost the same amount of money we're gonna do all these things we're just gonna regulate it and then we can subsidize it and we can actually know how much it's gonna cost and what we get back in return which is a stable healthy society right right they can have a say in that right now they don't have that say they're just kind of freewheelingly giving out money <laughs> to um, to various sectors that make an incredible amount of money for a few people and underserve the populations that d- that need them to survive. Yeah, the consequence of historical compromise is sort of bearing its ugly head, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then before, I mean, before we run with that too far, um, we did talk about some programs today uh, with affordability requirements, but those are all temporary. Um, they last uh, only until the loan is paid off or the contract ends. Um, so five to 50 years. We're not the only ones that made this mistake. Um, so Germany and Finland are two good examples um, where they did the same thing. Um, they built a lot of public housing um, that had you know rent controls, but that only lasted until the loan was paid off. And Germany in particular, uh, parts of Germany are having really serious problems with affordable housing. Um, and it's because of this mistake. Um, it's because of uh, making the, you know, tying these affordability requirements uh, to the loan or to the contract and having them expire. Um, and just in general, I think we all need to know that the public makes our housing possible and we should all just be happy to give something back. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least be regulated in some way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I mean, if, if, if that's like the least we can give back. Yeah. So that's exactly that's exactly what I came up with. If, if there is ever any public subsidy, there just can't be free rides like there are today. There should always be rent controls or price controls, and these should always be permanent. So, you know, was there subsidy for this rental housing? Um, if so, that building has rent controls forever. It has indefinite length of tenure forever. It has quality standards forever. 
right? Your building would not exist without public subsidy, so you need to give something in return. And again, this is an offer that could not be refused because the system can't function without government subsidy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> say say you got a subsidy for homeownership, um, as you know, as we have, um, because Fannie Mae owns you know, both of our loans. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So we got a subsidy for home ownership. Um, now our home has now a permanent price control. Housing is a human need. I don't think anyone, including myself, should be able to profit off of housing. Um, I would accept a price control on my house if that was, you know, uh, something that we all did as a society and just, you know, agreed that this was the right thing to do and we're all going to do it. You know, I want, my son to be able to afford in this neighborhood when he is an adult, if that's what he wants to do. Um, I want him to be able to afford a place to live when he is an adult period. Um, I think that housing for my son and my friends that are renters is just more important than my home value rising. Yes. Well, especially since your home value rising, like what does it actually do for you? Right. I mean, it's theoretically, this is also something America loves, it's theoretically this big golden goose, but you don't own most of it right now because you're paying back your mortgage, right? And you also are paying for the privilege to live in a house that is raising in cost via your taxes. So it's not, I mean, like, at the end of the day, I wonder, I, I mean, you'd have to math it out, but... I wonder, like, how really how good of a deal is it for people like you and me who live in sort of like moderately priced homes? So actually, um, I did math it out and I just this is the you know, there's just two things that I really wish we could cover in this format. Um, But we just can't. Um, It just doesn't work. But if you sit down with a mortgage calculator, um, you're going to find that this idea of your home as an investment just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, most of your mortgage payment is, you know, it goes to the bank. It's profit for the bank. And when you start taking this into account, um, you'll see that you'll, you're actually better off if you, um, you know, if home prices are low and they stay low um, versus a situation where home prices are high, but they could rise. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unsurprising. Yeah, I mean, there's you like look, less gambling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. right. Well, but even if... I mean, well, you promise to pay a certain amount of money back. It would make sense that if your house stays at that same amount of money, roughly, that promise is easier to keep. Mm, yeah. Right? From like a very basic math um, explanation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it seems like, um, you know, you know, if you if you factor in like, you know, a healthy appreciation of prices, I mean, it turns out so much of your mortgage payment goes to the bank that um, it just doesn't it just doesn't add up the way that people assume that it does. Um, you're better off with housing prices that are low and stay low versus housing prices that are high and, and could rise, you know. You're not going to profit off of it because um, so much of your money is is going to the bank. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I you know I wish we could do this in a podcast format, but it just doesn't it just doesn't work. Um, so, so that's what I think. I think there, you know, 
we all live in public housing and we should all be happy to give something in return um, for all the subsidy that we benefit from in our housing. And if there's ever any subsidy that, um, you know, which is all housing, um, we should be happy to give back and um, we should be treating housing as something that's a basic human need and not something that is an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing I came up with was there, you know, there, we have to have a commitment to housing as a right. If we start thinking about housing as something we all deserve on account of our humanity and not something that people should be able to profit off of, we're going to come up with a great housing system that we're all going to be happy with. In our first yeah. two episodes, we looked at some really excellent models for how we could do this. Um, these are ideas that have proven themselves in the real world. There's just so many great options for how this can be done. Um, but something has to be done. This system is broken. Well, yeah, and it doesn't really... I kind of wonder also if it's not profiting the people that... Um, the, kind of like the the vampires that are holding on. I mean, we talked about how it's not really that great for landlords either yeah right so at a certain point you just have to be like i mean if nobody if nobody is having a good time why are we still on the ride exactly i think the uh the simultaneously very hopeful and very enraging conclusion is this we already hold the tools to achieve housing for all we don't have to spend any more government money or create any new government programs because we already spend enough and we already do enough. Um, so that's a very hopeful message. We already hold the tools to solve the problem. We all already live in public housing. The other half of, you know, the other side of that is pretty enraging. Our government is already holding the tools to ensure housing for all, and they're just <laughs> refusing to use them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? I mean, the first step is to realize just how badly you're getting screwed, right? <laughs> like you have to, you have to have. So I, I think that this podcast and all of your research is so necessary um, for people to to start to kind of understand because you can't even demand something unless you actually know exactly how horribly you're being treated, right? Yeah, right. So I, I kind of feel like we're probably. Well, to me, the most irritating part of this is that is how far behind we are from where we could be. Like, yeah, after starting from similar points. Right. You know, well, and also just like, I think we're very much in like um, Plato's cave right now. Like we're we watch, <laughs> we're watching the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac shadows play on the walls and we think we know what's going on, but we really don't. And it's it's going to be frustrating to sort of turn turn the cultural perspective of that around, especially since now what I think people are seeing is they're just like, well, you know, obviously rent is expensive and um, homes are are way too expensive. I guess I just will never own. I guess I will just never. Housing will never be equal or fair or accessible to me. And that's just kind of like an accepted thing. And you're like, no, you you don't even you're making these assumptions on things that aren't even real. Like, don't <laughs> don't don't listen to that. That's not don't don't give up. That's not the right thing to do. You should legislate it. Yeah. Get in there. You deserve this. This is a human right. Yeah. I would say that it's so easy to assume that the way things are is the way things should be. Um, and that's. You know, we, we internalize, again, for whatever reason, we internalize a lot of 
well, not internalized. We, we, as Americans, we sort of anticipate a certain level of, of suffering at certain levels. You know, we, 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 and which, which tr- suffering is certainly part of life. You, there's no, there's, if we don't live in a utopia. I think that's a given, but, um, don't take it, don't take it as an assumption that you are not owed things that are basic. Like, you know, one of the challenges, one of the reasons this is, um, we live in this, this state, the state of things as, as it is, is that, you know, people assume that this human right is not a human, not a right. You know, that, 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 that's, that's infuriating. Like the first step is to, to appreciate that this is yours. This is your right. And like, there is an entity that is, again, as you mentioned, Chris, fully capable of providing it. Like, already is providing, already is providing it. it, but just not to everyone, <laughs> you know, um, or not a way that it's accessible yeah, to everyone. So so don't don't assume that that suffering is essential because there is there we have to work I mean it can be hard to solve. No you know there's some things that are sort of outside the scope of our, our outside of our, our reach perhaps but but not this one. Thank you all for listening. And we have a special shout out um, to a particular individual. Chris, take it away. That's right. So a huge thank you to Carter Reitman, who took a careful look at all of my outlines for all four episodes and gave some invaluable feedback. Thank you indeed, Carter. Yeah. As always, you can find Housing for All on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you are getting your fine podcasts. These days, we are there. You can also visit Housing for us that's housing the numeral four dot us for more information about chris's project and you can find more of our podcasts at outrageousmechanisms.com this has been a wonderful time we've loved doing this with you thank you all um and we'll see you next time wherever it takes us bye, bye. Outrageous.